Hello and welcome to the Terrapin 20 presented by Terrapin Sports Central, the show where we talk all things Maryland sports in just 20 minutes. I'm your host, Jonas Evans, alongside Nathan Schwartz. I'm Brandon Schwartzberg. And Nate, we're going to start with number seven, Maryland, their draw against Indiana. Uh, what do we see there? Yeah, Maryland men's soccer, uh, number seven in the country, going into Indiana, needing a draw to win the Big Ten regular season title, and they were able to do so. One-to-one draw on the road in Bloomington. It, it was not looking good for Sasha Sorofsky's squad for a majority of this one, and then lightning struck in the 87th minute with Stefan Capetti getting his fifth goal of the season, assisted by Joshua Boma. And that was the goal that sent Maryland with, home with the trophy. They at, Last year, they had some postseason struggles. They didn't win their Big Ten regular season title last year. They were able to come back. They won it this year. It wasn't pretty. They had some rough games in the mix. It's a lot of tough draws, some losses that they didn't want to have. But in the end, they're able to win the Big Ten regular season title. And moving into the postseason, they're in a good spot if they can win their first couple games. The Big Ten tournament runs through College Park. If they can win their first couple games, they can host the Big Ten tournament championship in a couple of weeks. Uh, Brandon, what, what, what do you think about this team as a whole as they move into postseason play? Yeah, Capetti's goal was great to uh... – give them the Big Ten regular season championship, but they did not make it, the Turks did not make it easy for themselves down the stretch. That 1-1 draw to Northwestern in early October, and then a 2-2 draw to Wisconsin the next time out. If they won just one of those matches, it would have been much easier and much calmer for Maryland down the stretch, but you can say what they want, no matter how they did it, they're Big Ten regular season champions, that's no small feat, so now it's just can they keep it going in the postseason? They're going against Northwestern squad who knocked them out last year. And so it's just, can they put that loss behind them, put the uh, Wildcats away and move on in the Big Ten tournament? Yeah, Terps finished with a 9-2-5 and record, a really successful season. A lot to be excited about with that Big Ten um, regular season title. And, and they were dominant in this game. They outshot Indiana 12-6. Um, but just that early goal allowed um, they were on the back foot for the rest of the game. But um, really, you know, credit to this team for getting it done because I think, um, you know, in a situation like that, to not back down, to step up, especially late in a game like this, it shows how much composure this team has. Uh, they've shown it throughout this entire season. Only two losses, you know, they've been very consistent. They've been very strong. Um, they get the title because of that. Um, one of the most impressive teams we've seen. Um, from Maryland this fall season. Um, is there anything else we have on this game? They have Mar- they have Northwestern coming up. They have high expectations for themselves. Um, anything else on this team before we move on? Yeah, I can just touch a little bit on that they really do need to rebound from last season's postseason struggles. As Brandon mentioned, Northwestern knocked them out in their first Big Ten tournament game last year. Very similar circumstances. Maryland was expected to win going in. Northwestern played them tough, resulted in a penalty kick shootout, and Maryland lost on the fifth kick. So definitely a team that in Northwestern that Maryland cannot take, late, cannot take lightly. They've been, they've been in this exact scenario before. They know that Northwestern's going to come in there ready to go. Northwestern has already drawn Maryland this season. Northwestern's the eighth seed 
in this Big Ten tournament. They are not a team expected to go far, and Maryland has all the momentum right now. But once again, they, they cannot take anything for granted because if they come, if they beat Northwestern, their next game is either going to be against Indiana or Penn State, teams that they both drew against earlier this season, and they just drew against Indiana, the game we mentioned at the top of the show. So it's going to be a tough road for Maryland, even if they get past Northwestern, because then moving on, you got to play Rutgers or Ohio State possibly in the in the Big Ten tournament championship if you get there. So definitely a tough road ahead for Sasha Swarovski and the Terps. And now we can just move into a team that we've talked about all season long through the time we've been doing this podcast, and that's Missy Maharag's field hockey squad that had two games over the break between our episodes, two top 15 matchups in Virginia and UConn, and they, they were able to win both of those matches, a 2 nothing victory in their final home regular season match of the year back on October the 26th, and then in their regular season finale on Sunday, they were able to go to UConn and grab a 2-1 to double overtime victory thanks to a goal by B.B. Donrat in the second overtime period of that one. Brandon, we've talked about this team for weeks now and finished the, finishing the regular season at 16-2. and two. We're running out of things to say, but going into the Big Ten tournament, they're still one of the hottest teams in the country. Yeah, my, my main takeaway from those wins over Virginia and UConn is that Hope Rose was back in the starting lineup. That's a huge piece. She was the Big Ten freshman of the year last year. And so having her back is huge. She scored a goal against UConn, one of their two. So that was a huge performance from her. Um, and so just having her back is going to be monumental as they get into the Big Ten tournament, especially because when they got her back, but she started off the bench in that 5-1 to one drumming they suffered against Penn State. That was a big letdown. They could have won the Big Ten regular season outright instead. They slid it with the Nittany Lions, and so now those two wins, they were big to give them the, most, the momentum as they head into Columbus for their first Big Ten tournament game on Thursday. Yeah, I, I think I think this season's almost been defined by experiences. Uh, first of all, the Terps end up undefeated at home um, in the regular season. Very impressive stuff. They've been dominant at the Plex. Um, they've also had, the, the, in total, after these two games, seven total wins against top 15 teams. Um, they're battle-tested. They have experienced those losses. I think there's definitely a, a chip on the shoulder for the whole team with that loss against Penn State. They definitely wanted that Big Ten champion. Uh, they, they wanted that Big Ten title. Couldn't get it. Um, I think they have very high expectations for themselves going into um, the postseason now. Um, this team plays with fire. They're such an offensive juggernaut right now. Um, and the defense is just as strong. So I, I've been really impressed with this team all season um, in these two wins, especially, you know, to close out the to close out the season, to, to do it so um, impressively, I, it, that, that's impressed me. I've, I've been impressed with the composure of this team as well. And just looking ahead say, into the oh, – go ahead, Brandon, go ahead. Yeah, just I will say what is a little bit worrisome is that they did I, – I say it as a bad thing. They went 5-2 and two on the road, and so both their losses on the road at Princeton in late September and then the Penn State loss. And so that is something to look out for, how well they'll be able to play when they won't have all these games in College Park at, in both the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament. 
and talking about that Big Ten tournament because of that Penn State loss and the split share of the Big Ten regular season title with Penn State getting the tiebreaker. Penn State gets the number one seed in the Big Ten tournament and gets the bye because there's only seven teams in the tournament. So Maryland is going to play on Thursday at 2 p.m. against Ohio State at Ohio State, even though they're the lowest ranked team in the tournament. They have, they're the host this season. So that's going to be a tough opening game for Maryland, even though they beat Ohio State earlier this year, 4-2, to two, back in Columbus. So it's a familiar sight for, for Maryland, but they're still going to have to keep it together, and then they're going to either play Rutgers or, North, or Northwestern if they get past that, and then likely they're going to have to play Michigan, Iowa, or Penn State in the Big Ten Championship if they get there. So just like Maryland men's soccer, Maryland field hockey, a really rough road ahead in the Big Ten tournament. And in the NCAAs, it's not going to get any easier. Yeah, and then one thing I want to add on to that is despite Ohio State being the worst seed in this bracket, they're still the number 20 ranked team in the country. And so they're no, it's no small feat against the Buckeyes. And so they, the Turfs have to stay focused. They have to keep their mind on one game at a time and not look ahead to, to the semifinals and obviously possibly the championship. All right, let's move on to uh, Maryland Volleyball. They had two games over the break between episodes. First against Iowa. That was a win at Iowa, 3-1, to one, and then a loss to the number one ranked team uh, in the country, Nebraska. Uh, what would you guys see from – let's start with that um, win against Iowa, an impressive away win. What would you guys see from that one um, from this team? Yeah, Iowa is not one of the better teams in the conference. Um they're one of the worst teams, in fact, and so it was a good thing that Maryland took care of business. Um, they won by seven in the first set and then dropped the second set, but then in the third and fourth took care of business. Um, they were actually – Iowa scored more points in the set and had 11 more kills um, in the match, excuse me, but Maryland did what they needed to do. They had a slightly better hitting percentage, and that was really all it took to uh, defeat the Hawkeyes and give them a good win, another win on the road. Um, they they play they played much better on the road, especially in Big Ten play, which is a very interesting part of this team. They're seven and two on the road, only two and seven at home, and so I'm I'm curious how that's gonna go the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah. Brandon, just just to um, bounce off that, it's actually their fourth road um, Big Ten win. Uh, they're they and and this is not a, a you know like the the energy at the pavilion has been good this season they've had some really great crowds but yeah the, this has been a, a much stronger road team Nate go ahead yeah I was just saying they got they have eight matches left one going later today against number thirteen Penn State in Happy Valley so and they still have Minnesota on the road top ten team Wisconsin on the road top five team they host. Ohio State and Purdue towards the end. Still eight games left in the regular season, so maybe they can make a push and get into the, into the Big Ten tournament and maybe maybe shock some people. They've put on good performances on the road and at neutral sites this year, as you guys mentioned before. So it's no, it's really no far-fetched thing to say that Maryland Volleyball could go on a little bit of a run here at the end of the season. They sit at 13-11 and 11 right now, 4-8 and eight in the conference. So you're probably going to have to win six of those eight remaining games to probably have a chance to get back at 500 in the regular season. It's, it, it's definitely 
going to be a challenge. Of course, five of those eight are against ranked opponents, all in the top 15 in the nation. But if, if they can still put together quality sets like they have been against these tough teams, like they won a set against Nebraska earlier this year when they played them. They weren't able to get a set from Nebraska in that loss the other day. And really, they their third set has been crucial for them all, all season long. When they can have a good third set, that's usually what sets the tone for the whole match, even in a loss. That's the, something they can build off of. And in the, in the Nebraska match, that's exactly what they did. After a tough second set where they lost 25-9, to nine, they come back and score 10 more points in that third set. So yeah. still, yeah, go ahead, Jonas. No, I just I, I just want to also say I, I really liked the, um, how Anastasia Russ has been put into, uh, has just had a, a much bigger presence on this team. She's a 6'8 middle blocker. She's such a unit. She's so um, strong, and w- when she puts it away, she is one of the best. Uh, she's very good at getting kills for this team. I like that they're getting her more involved. I think that was something that um, was maybe a weakness for this team, not getting her as in- involved in, in the game plan as much earlier in the season. She led the team in kills against Iowa. The Nebraska game, kind of tough to judge because there's just such a level, uh, such a difference in talent there, Nebraska just being such a juggernaut. Um, so I like that they're getting her involved, and if they do um, try to make that push like you suggest, Nate, um, they're going to need her to play pretty well alongside Sam Sire, who's been this team's rock um, throughout the uh, whole season. We're going to do some previews before uh, we end the show. Um, Nate, what, what, what should we start with? Yeah, we got <clears> – <throat> excuse me. <clears throat> yeah, no football this week of uh, the bye week. Talia Tungvaluwa, well-rested, will start this upcoming week against Wisconsin. I will be there in Madison covering the game for Terrapin Sports Central. Go check it um, out. Absolutely. And then without women's soccer, we figured we would do some previews of the the men's and women's basketball season. So we'll start with the women's team. Just had their first exhibition match the other day against Frostburg State, in which they routed Frostburg State to a 113-46 victory. Just getting the, getting the feel of the, of the new locker room, a lot of new talent on this team. Cheyenne Sellers, one of the key returners from Maryland, as well as Diamond Miller. But you have Lavender Briggs, Brene Alexander, just to, to name a few. You have Faith Masonis coming back from her torn ACL. So definitely a team that's going to possibly struggle out of the gate without Ashley Owusu, without Chloe Bibby, without Angel, or without Angel Reese. So a, a lot of difference in this program. From last year to this year, but Brenda Freeze has been a coach for this team for a long time. She has had a lot of turnover before. This is not something that Maryland fans should be panicked about because Brenda Freeze is one of the best coaches in the nation. So Maryland, even though it's they're not as highly ranked nationally as they normally are at the beginning of the year, still a lot to look forward to this year. Yeah, I was impressed with how uh, – how well the team was chemistry-wise. I mean, eight players scored in double figures, led by Emma Chardon, who scored 15, which is very impressive considering she's a sophomore forward who averaged just under five minutes a game last season and averaged just under a point per game last season. So if she can be a key contributor, that'd be great for the Turfs. Um, And then the newcomers all looked really well. Brene Alexander, Abby Myers, Lavender Briggs, Bree McDaniel, Gia Cook, they all scored in double figures and so it, it was a great albeit obviously against not top tier competition in Frostburg State in an exhibition game but it was a great 
it was a great performance by the team to kind of get to gel before this regular season starts. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then just because we're running short on time, let's do a quick preview of the men's basketball team as well. Nate, you can start. Yeah, so no documented exhibition games, but they have had a couple exhibition games against competition. Not going to really get into those, but in terms of the starting lineup for Maryland this year, you're going to see a couple guys that are familiar, you're familiar with. Julian Reese is back for his sophomore season, and as well as Dante Scott and Hakeem Hart back for their senior seasons and their last seasons in a Maryland uniform. And then two newcomers, Don Carey and Jameer Young, who are transfers Carey from Georgetown, Young from Charlotte, both going to get the start and be the anchors in Maryland's backcourt this year. But the real thing I wanted to bring up, guys, is that the lack of depth that this roster seems to have. Ian Martinez probably going to be one of your top two guys off the bench like he was last year. Ike Cornish seems like he's going to get a couple minutes. Patrick Emelian, possibly the fresh the, or the graduate student, might get some looks. And then you also have Jahari Long, who comes over from Seton Hall with Kevin Willard. So you're likely going to see him a lot earlier in, earlier in the season because just he, Willard and him have that rapport. He knows what he can get out of Long. But I'm, I'm interested to see what difference Willard can make in terms of just an overall culture fit. Obviously, with Turgeon leaving last year, there was a lot of animosity between the players and the fan base. But now it's, it's a new era for Maryland men's basketball, and it's going to be intriguing to see how it plays out. Yeah, and I, I just want to also mention, Nate, uh, the freshman Noah Bachelor also interesting to see how much um, he gets uh, to play too. But yeah, I, I think th- there's a lot of question marks here, right? We don't know how much of a, a step um, Julian Reese made. We don't know how impactful Jameer Young is going to be in the Big Ten. We don't know if Dante Scott turns it up now that he's Mr. Reliable. He's the guy that he has the same kind of uh, situation that Ayala was put into last year where there was a lot more expectations for him being the guy that's been at Maryland for a while now. Um, yeah, I, I there's just a lot of question marks, and I think these guys can st- step up. They have some playmakers on their team. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the three-point um, shooting is going to be this year. That was obviously one of uh, the team's biggest struggles last year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they gel together because um, we haven't seen Kevin Willard coach a game for the Terps yet. We haven't seen a lot of these impact players play the game for them yet. Um, a lot of question marks, um, but I think a lot more potential than maybe um, some people are letting on. I think this team could do uh, some – it could win some important games this year. Yeah, and then one more note on Scott. I mean, you mentioned it, Jonas. He's kind of going to be the focal point of this offense. I mean, in his time in College Park, he's been surrounded by guys like Aaron Wiggins, Eric Ayala, Anthony Cowan, Jalen Smith. I mean, he's had guys to kind of lead the role, and he's been in a backseat sort of role in the offense. But now this this is really his team in his senior year, and so I'm very interested to see it, to see what his usage will be on the offensive end and how comfortable he would be. He will be as the go-to guy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We're going to see some uh, big games from these teams uh, for the next few weeks. And, of course, this podcast will have all the coverage, talking about all these players and all these teams. Uh, That is it for our 20 minutes. Make sure to check in next week. As always, this has been Jonas Evans. Nathan Schwartz. And Brandon Schwartzberg. Make sure to check out all our coverage on Twitter at Terp Central and at TerrapinSportsCentral.com. We'll be back next week to do your next 20 minutes of all things Maryland sports. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.